Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This is the Action Network Podcast. And it is good. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? And welcome to the Action Network NFL podcast. This is your NFC team-by-team post-draft edition. I am your host, Chris Raybon. Joined, as always, by my dude, Stucky. Stuck. Uh, we just had a good conversation about the AFC. Uh, now we're jumping into the NFC. Uh, any kind of top-level thoughts here? Uh, about the NFC. Yeah, the first thing you look at, AFC, it's loaded. So many teams, so many good teams. And the NFC is quite different. Different landscape, different feel. It feels a lot more wide open. You have a couple teams at the very top, you know, your Bucks, your Rams. And then it's like, all right, who's going to take that next step? It's, I think that there's a chance for someone to sneak in that's a little unexpected and then maybe cause some chaos in the NFC. A lot different vibe than the AFC. So it's it's interesting in its own in its own right, and I think it'll be interesting to talk about. So let's, uh, I'm excited to talk some NFC. Yeah, and uh, if you haven't listened to the AFC pod already, go check it out. But uh, just a refresher for the format is we, we're going to talk uh, about how we feel about each team's draft, catch you up to date on any offseason additions or subtractions you might have missed that have uh, betting implications going forward. Uh, we'll talk about the, the strength of schedule and the schedule in general, which we have now, uh, which we didn't last time we recorded one of these. And uh, and we'll talk about the win total and, and all that good stuff. So let's jump right Imagine in. Imagine if Brady didn't come back, by the way. Yeah. How much weaker the NFC would look even then. I mean, it was an arms race in the AFC. It was just like every – I can't remember an offseason like that where like every other day it was like there was a major move. And it was, oh, pretty much almost always involved the AFC team gaining and in most cases yeah. the NFC team losing. So, yeah, it was wild. Um, but that, I mean, for better, uh, you know, I think it, 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 this is probably more bets to be made in the NFC because there's more uncertainty. So yeah. uh, let's jump in with the Cowboys, who I know have a lot of fans and are a pretty fascinating team, I think, because it feels like they're kind of on the upswing. But I don't know if I could confidently say that. And I want to get your opinion before we even jump into everything else with who they lost and whatnot, just on the draft alone, because Personally, I wasn't impressed with it. Uh, you know, they add offensive tacker Tyler Smith at 24th overall. They go with Sam Williams, uh, an outside linebacker in the second round. So, you know, and, and obviously, you know, from there, they, you know, they, they add a few more guys, um, you know, for the rest of the draft. But I think they ended it with nine picks in total. Jalen Tolbert in the third round out of Southern Alabama. Uh, wide receiver should help. But I, I don't know. What did you think of the draft overall for the Cowboys? Lowest rated draft of any team in the NFL for me. Uh, mm. I hated it. Uh, I hated their entire offseason. I think that they got worse than the offensive line, worse at wide receiver, and 
the defense has some potential troubling regression coming after an unbelievable year of turnovers, which I'm not yeah. sure is sustainable. I think they got worse, or I think they're descending. This is a team that I thought was ascending towards a potential Super Bowl, which the great fans of Dallas and the Cowboys have been starving for so long for. Maybe they should start with maybe just some playoff wins. But um, I think they might be descending now. And uh, I don't like what the – I just think that an awful offseason. Additionally, it doesn't help that the Eagles, I think, got better. Right, that One of the rare moves when we went from – some power in the AFC to NFC is AJ Brown going from Tennessee to Philadelphia. And I think the giants got better as well. They should have some better injury luck, but I really like their draft. I, I had them as the third highest rate of dress. I think the New York teams, Baltimore were my top three highest rate of dress. Dallas is last. So I think the gap is closed. Don't really love what Washington is doing, but the NFC is still wide open for Dallas. They're still an above average team, but I think they're worse than last year. Other teams in the division are better, but yeah, I think I, I got to say, I think, could be wrong. I think Dallas is descending in the NFC. But, again, it's the NFC. You just got to get in, and they'll have a really good shot to get in, and then who knows what can happen. Yeah, and I, I do agree with you about the turnovers and kind of the defensive regression because Trayvon Diggs, who just played out of his mind last year, 11 interceptions, two interception returns for touchdowns, that's just going to be really hard to replicate. And I worry about what happens if he's not – producing outlier turnover numbers because he didn't grade out well last year. Like he wasn't a consistent player. He was 80th in PFF grades. Uh, he gave up over a thousand yards receiving 18.7 yards per reception. And he gave up five touchdowns, but of course those are canceled out by the <laughs> 11 interceptions. So, you know, that worries me a little bit. They finished number one in turnovers because of it. And uh, you know, Michael Parsons, I think is, is a great player. So they obviously hit on draft picks no. before yeah. they can do it again. But, I, you know, I do worry about that. I think wide receiver, like you said, it got worse. Gallup, he's not going to – he probably is not going to be healthy for the full year. Uh, Tolbert's a rookie. You lost Cedric Wilson, who was a great depth piece and, and a guy that could do some things for you uh, as that third or fourth receiver. And you lost Amari Cooper. And so CeeDee Lamb's great. Dalton Schultz really stepped it up. But uh, Dak Prescott last year, you know, coming and maybe some of it had to do with coming back off the, the injury. But – he had his worst QBR of his career last year. Now, a lot of people will just look at the you know, underlying stats and say, okay, career high, 37 touchdowns, uh, you know, 10 interceptions, pretty good ratio, almost 4,500 yards. But you look at some of the advanced metrics and it wasn't one of his better seasons as a passer, as a quarterback. So uh, I think that's a concern. Uh, I think especially because the offensive line didn't get better. Uh, it got worse. You know, you lose Lyle Collins, you lose Connor Williams on the interior um, so from that perspective, I think Dallas isn't going to be as good, but here's the thing to put that into context, they had 12.2 Pythagorean wins last year. So they're coming from, they're falling from a high place and the NFC is just not that strong. So they, they have yeah. the 10th easiest strength to schedule. So their win totals at 10, you look at it and you say, Hey, maybe I'm, I'm like, I'm in the mid nines, but they do have a lot of gimme games, you know, Detroit, Chicago, and Houston at home. Jacksonville on the road and then, you know, have, you know, go to Tennessee. That's not that daunting anymore. Uh, you know, they play the Washington twice, the Giants twice, depending what you think of them aren't, aren't that tough. So it's, you know, it, I think 10 is a fair win total for them. Uh, it's one of those win totals where, you know, you probably end up pushing it um, realistically. So I don't think there's much value here, but um, Cowboys just not, not a team I'm excited about. 
Uh, I think there are some underlying concerns. Like they're one of the teams, if, if injuries hit them, you know, things could go downhill. Yeah, it's it's funny. Dude. We, we talked about on the AFC podcast, we talked about the AFC West with the Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders. They're all their strength of schedules. The Broncos are middle of the pack, but there was like one, two, three. This I have, the Eagles have the easiest schedule. This just highlights kind of the weakness of the NFC. The Giants have the second easiest schedule per my power ratings. Uh, I have the Cowboys have, well, they're like the seventh easiest. Um, and then Washington is the fourth easy. Like, so it's, you're going to, there's going to be some opportunities for Dallas to get some wins. I project 9.8, 9.798, right in that ballpark, win total 10. Nothing for me there. Look, the Eagles were intriguing. We talked about it. who, who do you want to take a shot on in this division? I, I think we both agree. We didn't want Washington and Carson Wentz. I'm not a fan of what Washington moves. So the Giants or the Eagles? Who do you believe in Jones, Daniel Jones? Who I think has maybe more unlocked potential than Hurts, who we've seen play with elite talent. We saw him at Oklahoma. We saw him at Alabama. Maybe Jones with an improved offensive line, better wide receiver health, better coaching, most importantly, play calling. Maybe he has the higher ceiling. But then what did Philly do during the draft? They went out and got A.J. Brown, um, which was huge. And their win total – and prices in the market reflected that. As a result, I don't think – I like what Philly's going towards, and I like their staff. But, you know, now their win total is close between 9.5 and, and 10, which is where I project them. The Giants, however – and if you got the Eagles before, the A.J. Brown, you probably got some good value there. I don't see any value there. The Giants are my favorite win total in the NFC. I loved their draft. You talk, you're talking about – I know people question Thibodeau and his passion. I, I can't I – don't, I don't know that. I can't speak to that. I don't think anyone really can. This is a guy who was projected for a good deal of time. He's going to be the number one pick, right? Same with Evan Neal, who's going to come in and start a tackle. He was a guy that in the past was projected to be the number one pick. I love Neal. I think he's now, you know, you already saw Thomas kind of yeah, really improve and, and solidify himself as a starting caliber tackle in the NFL. And now you get Neal, who I love on the other end. Thibodeau's going to come in and help a, a really glaring need, which was edge rush. You're going to get better health. At wide receiver, you would assume Barkley's back. We'll see what he can bring. But I think the situation around Daniel Jones is significantly better. Bring in Wink Martindale, defensive coordinator. I think his scheme, you know, new scheme, the NFC, brings some pressure, which is where the Giants really lack. I think that can work here for a year. So there's a lot of things I like about the Giants. I project them close to eight, a little over eight, actually. You get a win total of seven, five, some plus money. Love the Giants. Don't hate taking a flyer on them either. The team that can just get in and who knows. Yeah, the Eagles, I mean, you know, going back to the Eagles really quick, there's, there's, you know, you have them, I think, the easiest strength of schedule. I think they're second by win totals uh, in terms of the, the strength of schedule. I mean, just looking at the schedule, De Detroit, Washington, Jacksonville, Houston, uh, Washington obviously twice, um, you know, home against Tennessee, you know, they play the Giants twice. They at Chicago home against New Orleans is not a tough one. Like they don't really have it home against Pittsburgh. Like they don't have a ton of games on the schedule that you look at and say, this game is like unwinnable. Like the toughest games they have are really Cowboys and, and they play green Bay and green Bay, they play at home. So like this Eagles team is, you know, those teams that like just like get have like a perfect storm of things go right. And they go like 12 and five or 13 and four. Like kind of like the Titans last year. It's like this Eagles team could be really good. And, you know, it kind of it feels crazy to bet them over nine and a half uh, on the win total. But 
I, I don't completely hate it just looking at their at their schedule. Um, you know, it, it, it's crazy how just how easy it's looking as of now. You know, even if Jalen Hurts really doesn't take any steps forward, if he just is what he is and like adding Brown and, you know, Davis, I think it'll help the run defense. Because remember, they have that scheme like with Gannon that it's like, you know, we're going to keep two safeties back at all times. And, you know, the run yeah. defense can struggle. So and Davis is like, he's a, you, you watch him play. He's a beast. Like he's, I, I do agree. I think it, you know, trading up or whatever they did to go get him. Did, you know, were they, were they targeting another wide receiver with that pick? Did they just really like Davis, you know, as kind of a future Fletcher Cox replacement who knows, but I, I like the player. Um, so I, I like the Eagles a lot. Yeah. The Giants, only thing I'm talking about the Eagles schedule, cause it is favorable there. They do have uh, three, straight road games on their schedule. Only four teams in the NFL have that this year. Yeah. Packers, Dolphins, Eagles, and Chiefs. But yeah, you're right. If you look at the schedule, you say, okay, we have to like what we're seeing. The other scheduling quirk, by the way, in this division is Giants and Giants and Washington and the Commanders. I'm so not used to saying the Commanders. Uh, Giants and the Commanders. It sounds like, like a, a fake team. Um, USFL team. Like the Cleveland Giants Guardians? Commanders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they play they play back-to-back back-to-back games the Giants and, and Commanders, which is very odd. Only the second time it's happened in the last 30 years. When, you know, in the last time was? Last year, Ravens and Browns, I believe. I could be making that up. I'm not making up the Giants in Washington one. I think it was the Ravens and Browns last year, though. They played back-to-back games. But it's only happened twice in 30 years, I know that, which is weird. There's a buy in between. But, um, yeah, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Are you, are you low on – I mean, Washington, look, their win total is eight. I project them at, like, seven, eight, seven, seven. I might even go end up going a little lower. I don't like where this team is headed, but the schedule, the conference, there's some there's some winnable games in there, which is why I have them projected pretty close to eight. So I'm not going under there. Um, are you as low on just not feeling what Washington is doing? Yeah, I mean, you know me, Carson Wentz. That that's a guy I'm comfortable fading. So like Washington with a, a win total of eight. I mean. It see it feels like at best you push that like at worst or I should say at worst you push that if you go under like I you know I know the schedule is easy but like Washington Carson Wentz is the quarterback first of all that that's listen John Dotson maybe he'd be a good player but I think it was a little bit of a reach uh, yeah. at, at one sixteen so I didn't love that Rivera you know we we like we like kind of him you know beating you know beating the cancer and all you know the narrative is great but. I don't like the fact that they had like a very talented defense last year that we had high expectations for and and it underperformed to a ridiculous level. You know, the quarterback might not be like this quarterback situation might not be that much improved. And then unless they, unless Dotson really, you know, which is a reach knocks it out the park, the wide receiver situation might not be that much improved. Logan Thomas is, he was good a couple of years ago, got hurt last year, but he's, he's on the older side. He's not like, it's like a, his third year. It's like, his you know, he hasn't played tight end for that long, but he's, you know, he's what 31. He's over 30, you know, the line, they lost Sheriff. I think the line will still be solid or, or good even, but this is a very, it's kind of an average to below average team in my opinion still. And I really, and what, you know, I really just don't like the quarterback situation. I agree. I think the giants, the giants offensive line should finally be solid, maybe yeah. even good. And Combine that with the fact that I think they improved in the front office. They improved on the sidelines. They improved the talent. They improved the pass rush. They, improved, you know, like guys should be healthier. Uh, it's hard to say that Washington is anything but the fourth best team in this division. And if, when the fourth best team in a division has a win total of eight, 
uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go under that. So I, I like the under eight on, on Washington to be, to be quite honest. Don't mind it uh, at all. I, are you? Do you like the upside of the Giants? You, yes, you yes, no, I do. Thing? I mean, you know, I'm a Giants fan, so I've seen it go wrong so many times. So I'm always cautious. I'm usually very down on the Giants actually at this time of year. So it's weird that I'm like high on the Giants and the Colts at this time of year. Two teams I'm usually down on. Uh, but I, yeah, I like. I, I just like what they do. A lot of the, the things with the Giants is like addition by subtraction. Like Garrett's long gone. Joe Judge, who's what is what is his career accolade like as a, like being Bill Belichick's special teams coach for a couple of years coordinator whatever like he, he weaves with the same accolade that he entered with so that addition by subtraction with the coaching staff but i actually think dable you know joe shane at, at uh at gm i think like potential to be good the, the receiving room should be better with you know guys coming back healthier wandale robinson I, a lot of people looked at that as a reach but like for this team i think he adds some much needed like you know juice like some big play potential like he doesn't have to come in and play like 90% of the snaps. He could be the fourth receiver. Um, so I don't mind that pick because I think he, he gives you instant like big play potential could turn into to, to something really special. They have the easiest strength of schedule in the league based on opposing win totals. And, and, he, and he could have a, you know, again, a better pass rush and they should have good, finally good tackles with Neil on the other side, you know, seventh overall uh, pick. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like the Giants as well. Um, and then, Giants over seven, my favorite. Yeah. yeah. And there is plus 105. Uh, yep. So you're actually getting uh, got a better price because the Eagles added Brown. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's got a little better a price now, but yeah, but Joe judge special teams coordinator at Birmingham Southern, then special teams assistant at Alabama gets two national titles from Saban. Then he goes into the special teams assistant for the Patriots gets three super bowl rings. So he's just a special teams guy. And then all of a sudden he's the head coach of the giants. And then uh, now he's a back to an offensive assistant for the Patriots. Um, Offensive, offensive. Good for him. He got paid. But, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that the Giants improved on, on the field and off. If you want to take a flyer in them, go for it, Um, especially in the NFC. Uh, But that's my favorite win total. And one thing I want to – just to to wrap up the Giants is, even if Jones isn't the guy, they actually have a decent backup this year. Tyrod Taylor, 26-25-1 record uh, in his career as a starter. Uh, You know, I have my issues with Taylor and, you know, him missing some – throws especially over the middle of the field but you know it's still a step up and he's still a guy that could also run so like you can still run your offense that you built for you don't want to you don't want to turn the keys over to mike glennon again ah i mean can we can we quarterback sneak on oh no that was jake who is it jake Fromm that they quarterback sneaked on third and like second long and then third for the giants (laughs) it got bad for the giants last year you had uh yeah that was embarrassing but you had you had Fromm and glennon just embarrass themselves by the bad off line and then all the receiver hurt Oh, oh my God! I forgot how ugly it got at times for the Giants. Giants fans, I think there are. There's a light. Speaking to you too, Rev. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and I think that uh, there's some reasons for optimism this year. So, uh, well, let's look at the schedule. What's the schedule start out like? Now, there's going to be a lot of winnable games because you're in the NFC. You're in that division where, like, I don't think any team is not beatable. You know, when <laughs> they play the Cowboys, when they play the Eagles, uh, but I think they start out at Tennessee. Um, yep. Then they're home against Carolina, home against Dallas, home against Chicago. Winnable. You know, there's a good chance that you can start three and one, maybe four and zero. Oh. You go to Tennessee and steal that game, probably going to lose it, but that's not a a game where you can't win it. So, yeah, then you're home against uh, Green Bay. Got that's a tough. Lot of home games. To home start against the Baltimore year. and Green Bay. That that those are the two toughest games. Then it's like at Jacksonville, at Seattle. Yep. Bye. Home against Houston. Houston Winnable. and Detroit Very, at home. A, yeah. 
back to back, no less. Uh, you go to Dallas, yeah. you probably lose that one. Home against Washington and Philly, you go to yeah. Washington, but you just saw him two weeks ago. So like going on the road is not going to be like you're going to have a you know you're going to understand how to to play him because you just played him at home. Uh, at Minnesota is not as tough as it you know once was. You play the Colts at home. And then you end up Philadelphia, you know. Look, that the Baltimore game at home, too, as the Ravens said, I could tell you, Ravens, just looking at the Ravens' schedule, that Giants game scares the shit out of me, right? It's an out-of-conference out game. And the Ravens are going – they play the Bills at home. Then they play Cincy with enormous revenge. Like, the, you know, they went to the Super Bowl. They destroyed Baltimore twice last year by, like, 50 talk shit. Burrow was – I mean, that game, I, I, I can't wait to bet – Baltimore there, depending on the number. But I had that game circled. Prime, I think it's a Sunday night or Monday night game. And then you go to New York to play the Giants before uh, playing the Browns and the Bucks the next two weeks. So that is just sandwich city. So I think that works in the Giants' favor as well, even though that's like a, a really tough game on paper. I think it's a great spot for New York to steal it. Telling me that as a Ravens fan. So, um, yeah, really like the Giants' schedule. Really like what they did in offseason. G-men. Um, so we're high on both of our teams going into the into yeah. the season. What, what could go wrong? <laughs> right. What could go wrong with the Giants and Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor? Uh, let's jump to the NFC North. I mean, speaking of things going wrong, ah, uh, I mean, this, you know, I know Aaron Rodgers in this division, but this is another one of those divisions that just does not look good. So we'll start the pack. They draft Quay Walker. An inside linebacker late in the first round, uh, and Devontae Wyatt. So they really trying to get better on the interior of their defense. Uh, they then they move up for Christian Watson, uh, wide out in the second round. Um, he, you know, who, it's no telling where exactly he lands on the depth chart, but uh, if, if they hit on him and early, that would go a long way because they yeah. need that because they lost Adams. That's just massive. I mean, he was responsible for essentially a third of their receiving production over the last couple of years. Um, it, it, I don't even have to state how much of big of a loss he is. They lose to Darius Smith, um, you know, schedules middle of the pack. Ah, you know, I, I just don't know, like Aaron Rodgers, you know, these back-to-back MVP seasons, I, how long is he going to keep doing this? And especially without Devontae Adams, like he's got to, you know, every quarterback kind of slows down except Tom Brady at some point, like, is this, and even Tom Brady, like remember the last year in new England, like when Tom no. Brady had no receivers, he wasn't no. very good. So it's like, I'm not like, you can't overstate that there could be like, we could go back to like Aaron Rodgers pre Hackett and, and LaFleur, which by the way, Hackett is also gone. Uh, the offensive coordinator, but pre Hackett and LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers was looking very ordinary uh, for a few years in there. So like, I am not feeling great about the Packers. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I, I I'm lower on them than the market. I mean, their good total is 11. I project them 10, three. Yeah, that's an under. I, like, I love that Packer under. Um, and the pro, the yeah, so I, there's a lot of things I don't like about the Packers. One thing you do like about them, so have a great quarterback. I think the defense with Jair Alexander now has a lot of promise. I like some of the, I like their draft on the defensive side of the ball, but like you need Watson to kind of hit on the offensive end. And you're right, I there is a chance that Rodgers takes a, a, a dip here, and then you're really screwed. Now the division is easy. The conference is easy. That's really working in your favor. The schedule overall, even though they won the division last year, is easy because of the two things that I just said. So there's a lot of winnable games on the schedule. But, yeah, I think it's under nothing with the Packers. Um, Oddly enough, uh, we talked about this on – the only win total I show value on the over in this division is on Minnesota, and Mm -hmm. we both agree Minnesota 
future to win this division. Yes. Uh, it's one of my favorite bets in the NFC. Um, I don't think that there's that much separating those two teams. Um, and I think that the Minnesota has actually like, they think I could see things going much worse for green Bay than I can with Minnesota, like Minnesota, the ceiling probably isn't as high, but if things go wrong for green Bay, this is Minnesota's division. Um, now what I need to figure out is what to do with the lions and bears, because this is pretty crazy. I have them power rated almost identical. I have them and their win totals are about the same. I project them each for exactly the same amount of wins. I graded their drafts exactly the same. And my edge on their win total under is exactly the same, but I don't want to take both because they're in the same division and they're playing, you know, it's like, you're kind of, it's going to be tough to hit both of those unders under what six under seven juiced. So six I'm and a half for uh, you in most books. Uh, fade Chicago. That's that's yeah. the answer. Like, that's fake, probably where I'm going with is like, Chicago. I think they're just in rebuild across that entire roster. The only thing that with Chicago that gives me hesitancy is like, okay, does Fields get a lot better? Because we kind of know we're going to get with Goff. So I think like so there's more variance with the Bears quarterback situation. But I think the rest of the roster. I mean, this is a team that's just in complete shambles because of the salary cap and. It's bad. Um, yeah, so I'm leaning Bears going under the Bears for a third straight year, just like I'm doing with the Jets. And uh, I like that you confirmed it right away. Yeah, this is like – because, like, look at Detroit. Like, number one, Campbell, I think good good energy as a coach. Iberflus, we like him as a defensive coordinator. We have no idea what he's going to be as that coach. Campbell yeah. has good energy. Detroit, the roster got better. Like, Aiden Hutchinson, Jamison Williams going to come back at some point. You know, they, they get they get a, a, a edge guy in Pascal – in the second round, DJ Chark at receiver, they resigned um, Reynolds. They got Amon Ross St. Brown. So they don't even need Williams to come in and do anything. Mike, you know, they get Mike Hughes at corner. They have the fifth easiest strength to schedule. Uh, you know, I mean, the Bears have an easy strength schedule too, but like the Lions got better. Justin Fields, it's like, yes, I agree. There's more variance there. You don't know exactly what you're going to get with him compared to Goff, who, by the way, Goff should be better, right? Like Goff should be better than last year. And Goff, when he has decent, uh, supporting cast he's like not terrible he's just average like he's not terrible he's only terrible when he's got a terrible supporting cast i think this year it's closer to average i think the line will be okay i think the receiving core will be okay hawkinson's a good tight end we like we the got- offensive line we love the offensive line yeah yeah um and then here, but here's i think that the line's like the defense is scary. Like, is Akuda gonna? Uh, like, no, probably not. Nice I mean, well, maybe, maybe give something um, because they That's really good, need though. that. They need something in the secondary. Yeah, uh, that's what's really holding the back. But the offense has some promise. I'm curious. This is where your fantasy expertise can come in. Like, by the way, without Swift, it was a completely different offense last year. Um, so you know, you get Swift back. What are your projections for him? And then what? What are your? I don't know how far along you've gotten. With Jamison Williams, like you hear different things in the medical, like when are you anticipating he will come back? And he's obviously pretty important um, for this team, I think. So Swift, I think like I, I like Swift to like approach, you know, he, he went over a thousand scrimmage yards last year in 13 games. Like I think he has like 1500 scrimmage yard upside if he only misses like, you know, one or two games. Um, you know, he had a bunch of like really big games on the ground, you know, a 130 yard game, 136 yard game and back-to-back weeks on the road against the Steelers and Browns. Um, so like he has the upside. Uh, we obviously know he can catch the ball. Uh, he had 62 catches even uh, in 13 games last year. 
So I think Swift is great. I think the depth that running back is good. And I, even if I think Williams probably plays realistically like half the season, that that's, that's, that's how I kind of view him. I think he's a, a PP candidate. Um, but like I said, even without him, Amon Ross St. Brown was, was special last year. DJ Chark is an upgrade on Khalif Raymond uh, and whoever else they were trotting out there. Who I forget who else it was. Uh, Trinity Benson. And then Reynolds is solid, you know, as like a, a second, like your third option at wide receiver, your fourth option, fifth option in the passing game, because you're going to have, you're going to throw to Swift and Hawkinson more than you're going to throw to Reynolds. And you're going to throw to St. Brown and, and Chark more. So as a fifth option in the passing game for half the season, I think Josh Reynolds is fine. And remember Goff has a, uh, the uh, chemistry with him dating back to the days with the Rams. So I think they're actually fine at, at receiver even without Williams. And then again, yeah, offensive line, good. You know, back run a ground game should be good because the line is good and they have a talented back. And then, like, just to put this into perspective, Jared Goff was 26th, 25th, excuse me, in QBR last year at 39.5. Okay, that's it's not good out of 33 qualifiers. Justin Fields was dead last at 26.4. Justin Fields could improve and still be one of the worst quarterbacks in the league and still might not be as good as Goff was last year, even with a jump. So, that's why I'm worried about the Bears. You have an offense that's in shambles, but a defense first head coach that you just signed. Because usually what happens is, you know, a team's offense stinks and then they bring in like an offensive minded coach because they had a defensive minded coach. And, you know, like they fired an offensive minded coach to bring in a defensive guy, but their, their offense is still in shambles. So like, and their defense got a lot worse because they just lost talent. I mean, the draft, I like the, the value they got on Kyler Gordon and, and Jaquan Brisker, uh, a corner and a safety respectively in the second round. Think those were good value picks, but they're, they're they're gonna be counting on young guys on defense. There's not as much talent on, on the defensive side of the ball as there has been over the past few years. They got a new coach. The only thing you can say for the Bears is the schedule, but six and a half is too much for what I think is one of the worst teams in the league. And whereas the Lions, I think they're just a below average team. I don't think the Lions are like one of the worst teams in the league. I think the Bears are. So yeah, I, I think you I think you fade the uh the bears you kind of leave the lions alone but i wouldn't be surprised to be honest with you uh you know i know the math doesn't work out but i wouldn't be surprised if the lions won seven eight games to be honest like especially if the packers kind of regress and the lions can steal one from the packers or um at, at some point um I, I think it's not out of question yeah i, I want to see i want to see campbell not like give the reins to ben johnson and see what the offense could do because i like campbell's a head coach but then he was like taking over the play calling and then it got bad at times i mean i know it was Swift was out some of those games and they were just handing it to um, Jamal Williams, just right up the middle, running into a wall when everyone knew they were going to run it. That just got really predictable. And so, you know, apparently they're, you know, they're saying, Hey, we're, we're working with more tempo than all the coach speak you get in the off season. So we'll see how the offense goes, but I agree. I think that we're on the same page under bears and then and Packers probably. take a flyer on. Yeah. Don't mind the Packers under and then take a flyer on the uh, it's not necessarily a flyer. I just think there's a yeah. value in the Vikings in the division. Yeah. They're plus 275. Like that's absurd. Yeah. Love that. Like they like they're, like the teams in like the Ravens and all those teams in the AFC West are like shorter to win a division. And they're competing with like three or four teams, arguably like at least three. And, yep. you know, or, or like amongst three teams, the three teams have a real shot, maybe even four in the AFC West. And their odds are, are shorter than these, this Vikings team that's really competing with the Packers and might already be better than the Packers. And we know the Vikings are one of the few teams that like when the Packers, you know, go on the road to Minnesota, like Packers really struggle, you know. So 
like the Vikings already kind of, you know, one of those teams that could beat the Packers at least once. Yeah, Vikings open up the season at home, I believe, against the Packers too. Um, is that right? I think so. Vikings, yep. Week one, home against Green Bay. Big game. Yeah, Fox, that'll be close 125 to 125 Eastern. I think that's going to be close to a pick, not including that game. About 425, excuse me. Yeah. I've been sort of in 11 games. I'm not even yeah. including that first game. They're, I mean, outside of the two Packer games, which might not be as hard, like there's really no other game that like up and down the schedule that scares you. I mean, like the tougher games on their schedule are like home games against mediocre teams, home against Arizona, home against Dallas, home against New England. You know, like those are and home against Indianapolis. Like all of their tougher games are at home. So, like, yeah, this this Vikings team, I would invest heavily in in that Vikings division, NFC North. Um, I've already put a little bit on it, but that that's they also play at the they also play at the Saints in London. So that's one of their road games. Instead of going to New Orleans, right, a tough place to play, they're playing the Saints in London. Interestingly enough, they don't have a bye after that. So they, they got to choose that. So then, but they're coming home for the Bears the week after at home. You know, then they're Double at game. Miami, <laughs> then you're by. Yeah. So, and then I believe just to wrap up this division, because since we're such on the same, the Packers, yeah, for the first time ever are playing, they're the only team who's never played an international game. I believe you could double check this. I'm trying, I have their schedule just, yeah, I think that one of their home games is in, they played the Giants. the Giants game. The Giants, like game. the Giants in London. And that's one of their home games. The NFC took away one of their home games, I think, right? Yeah. Like they're only going to have. I think they only one, have two preseason two, games, though, three, because. Four, so that, five, that's, that's six, interesting. Seven, eight. Yeah, they only have eight, home, eight games in Lambeau. And then they're one of their home games. So one of their home games, you know, instead of getting the Giants at home in Lambeau, you're playing in London. And then what Vikings, one of their road games, instead of going to New Orleans, they're going overseas. Another nugget to keep in mind. Yeah. No, it's uh Packers it's, also have three straight road games. That's the, so they go to London October 9th, no buy the week after, come home. So they were in London October 9th by the Giants. We'll be on the Giants probably that game. They come home to Green Bay to play the Jets to win that game. Then they're at Washington, at Buffalo, at Detroit, and then home against Dallas. I mean, it's their buy is not until December eleventh. Probably the latest you'll ever see a buy. There's a lot I don't like about this Packers schedule. They also travel to Tampa Bay, which we know is their kryptonite, early in yeah. week three, and they it, they have a, a, a trap game in week 16 against my at Miami, and they're, they're a cold weather team going all the way to Miami again in between a game against the Rams and a game against the Vikings. So uh, yeah, this, yeah, fade the pack, bet the Vikings, and then fade Chicago. That that's yeah, we're we're on the same page there. Just want to let you guys know that Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product, unlike anything else in the industry. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball, or amount of hits in baseball. Then you choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the money that you put in. Uh, And the main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks 
with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Let's jump to Tampa Bay in this NFC South. Uh, they go Logan Hall, Luke Gadecki in the second round. They didn't have a first round pick. They, I believe, yeah, they traded down. Uh, they, they did lose Alex Kappa and, you know, Bruce Arians goes upstairs. They Todd Bull comes in a head coach. Uh, Gronk, we don't know what's going on with him. Chris Godwin could miss part of the season. Uh, OJ Howard's gone. But they do trade for Shaq Mason on the interior line. Uh, they get Russell Gage, a quality, you know, as long as he doesn't have to be your top option. I think it's a quality receiver uh, they get from Atlanta. Um, and they got the seventh easiest strength to schedule. And listen, you know, Tom Brady's, yes, he's a year older. Yes, some people, are, you know, the receiving core might not quite be as strong, but you look up and down the list at the teams in the top seven in, in strength to schedule Giants, Eagles, Colts, Bears, Lions, Commanders, Bucks. Like, the Bucs stand out as the only like a weak team that has one of those easy schedules. Like the Colts should be pretty good. Uh, the Eagles, as we mentioned, could be pretty good. But like Tampa Bay really stands out as like a truly elite team with an elite quarterback that has one of the easier schedules in the league. So um, the win total is 11 and a half, even money. Um, they had 12 Pythagorean wins last year. I, I, I still like this Tampa team. Yeah. Uh, best team in the NFC. And they are in a very weak division where they're clearly the best team. They're going to be there come playoff time. Now, because it's like, I guess get really good shot at the one seed too, based on yep. now, which is really important from a futures perspective. Um, I, this division to me is just, it's not worth spending a lot of time on, but um, I kind of like the, I kind of like the saints over. They've taken some money at eight. I like over, I mean, I project like, Eight seven eight eight. I like what they did in the draft. I also like what Tampa did in the draft, but the Falcons and Panthers are just so bad, uh, and their situations are just dire. Tampa's going to be there now. They might hit like a lull. It's hard. Brady Brady like kind of prevents that though, like just the yeah. demanding of perfection. So yeah, maybe they don't. I I project the Bucks. What are they over eleven minus one? No, they're plus money. They're even money at, at eleven at, on DraftKings. Mm, I project like eleven three. Yeah. Um. So. Don't mind that. Yeah, I th- I believe – let me double-check. I mean, because they're home against – they get the Packers and Chiefs at home. Back-to-back weeks, um, that's tough, but at least they're at home. Yeah. They get the, the Ravens at home. Rams at home. Rams at home, um, which is why I was just double-checking. They get the Bengals at home. Um, yeah. I was just double-checking. I've been favored in all 17 games. Now, some of them are going to be close, but I haven't favored in every game uh, in a really weak division really good shot at getting that one seed. You got Brady's probably, you know, keeps you focused and those, those potential trap games. Um, so I would lean over, over with Tampa. I kind of lean over with New Orleans kind of on the fence now. Cause it's, 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 it was, I think over eight plus one Oh five. I think it's over eight minus minus one thirty Now I project like 8.8. 8. I'm extremely low on Carolina. I mean, look, what, what's Carolina yet. It's Matt rule. Is he just going to say, we're going to the rookie. He's probably going to start with Darnold. If he goes, ends up going to the rookie, which I kind of like where they draft the crowd, but that means things have gone completely wrong with Darnold, which I think they will. And then you're in a bad spot, and I don't love the roster. Um, 
the Falcons are in complete rebuild mode. Um, there's not much to like about them. I have no interest in either one of those teams. I would lean under with both, but not enough to play. Lean Bucks over. This is the most boring division in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, here's a, I say I feel like I say this every year, but it, it bears repeating. Tom Brady has been to the Super Bowl in 10 of his 22 years, which means he's won the conference in 10 of his 22 years. That's 45%. But the Bucks right now are plus 330 to win the NFC, which is about a 23% chance. So <laughs> based on Brady's career, he has like double the implied odds. Uh, you know, his track record is double the implied odds. And I mean, it's, it's you know, 22 years is still a low number in, in grand scheme of things, but it's one of the biggest sample sizes you're ever going to have for a conference win, you know, <laughs> conference winner. So uh, I, I might have some bucks to win the NFC. I, I think that's a good bet at this point. Um, there's not really much else you can do, you know, with, 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 that, with this division. I mean, the Saints still scare me because, you know, yes, they get a lave. They trade up for him, though. Like 11 was a little high, even though he should be a good player. They get Penning uh, at 119 to replace – Armstead and then they draft Alante Taylor a corner in the second round but they didn't really have much after that because you know a lot of trading of picks and whatnot like that they added Landry I think the receiving core should be a lot better you're still talking what about are you, what James are you expecting Winston. from Michael Thomas I think he'll be I think he'll be elite again I, I think he's an elite receiver I mean granted he doesn't have Drew Brees so there'll be a step back in that regard I don't think they pass as much but remember Michael Thomas did fine even with like Taysom Hill at quarterback like it wasn't it wasn't yeah. like the numbers went downhill even with him there. So uh, yeah, I, feel I think like the issue out on him too, like out of nowhere. I was like, why? I mean, he was hurt. I, I, yeah. Like I people are, he's going, I think he's going around like 25th wide receiver off the board. I, I think that's kind of nuts. Like, I think he still should be a top, you know, 15 guys. He's, he's got that upside to still be monstrous. It's just, I, I don't think they're going to throw as much in. I also, you know, the thing we haven't mentioned about New Orleans, you know, we talked about, you know, you got to catch everyone up on what's happened this off season. You know, they lost Sean Payton. That that makes me not feel very good about. Yeah, you know, well, we talked about that last time. Did did Payton yeah. like fix Winston, and then in this he's not going to be there, and like now Winston's going to be more in control, the quarterback that we saw before he got hurt, or like Payton was needed to be there, and then like he's the whole like just handling him with kids' gloves, and he it, without him, then Winston all of a sudden it's just chaos again that's the big question with new Orleans because i think the roster is decent this team could win nine games ten games get in the playoffs make some noise in the nfc um i don't think they can like win a super bowl but in this conference this team could win 10 games uh if winston is under control so lean over there lean over bucks boring division like just a yeah. snooze fest and where's it like uh, one thing to when we wrap it up seven we'll games. Bet him as a dog we'll be betting him as a dog yeah no we will but, oh, yeah. but i'm saying like he had seven games of like this new Jameis Winston where he had, you know, 8.7 yards per attempt, 14 touchdowns, three picks, but we only had seven games of that. And then he tore his ACL. So like, he's still learning how to be this new Jameis Winston. He's only done it for seven games, but now he has to also learn to be the new Jameis Winston with a new coach and coming off a torn ACL. Like, so he could take a, a major step back or just revert to like the Jameis Winston of old, you know, yep. the receiving court should be better, but yeah, I, I can't get behind the saints. And yeah, I agree. I, and the Falcons, you could probably still, I mean, you could go under five and probably still hits. I mean, they just, their quarterback's going to be Mariota or Ritter. They have nothing at receiver out, you know, Drake London. I mean, they drafted him eighth. He might not even be able to separate. I mean, he could be great, but he, he also has a low floor. Like he has that like Laquan Treadwell floor where he might yeah. just not be able to separate. So, I mean, there's, 
And then they got Brian Edwards, another one of the worst separators in the league. They trade him from, they get him in a trade from the Raiders. So they, they have a, at least they have a backup for London if, uh, and they'll probably start him, but they, at least they have a backup for London to not separate. So yeah, I, I don't like the Falcons at all. Um, Casey Hayward, I guess maybe was a nice ad, but not much there. All right, let's go to the West, the NFC West. This is one that we're, is, I think we're spending a little more time on. Fascinating division. The Rams, they don't really have any draft picks on day one. No, they don't have any draft picks on day one or two. They don't make a pick till 340. Um, Logan Bruss. Is it Bruce or Bruss? I don't even know. Guard. Um, well, they but, were originally thinking they were going to get the uh, Strange who the Patriots. Uh, that was funny. Yeah, yeah, right. Sean yeah. Payton was definitely lit up, man. He had some, he was, he had some drinks in him. Oh yeah, yeah. He his his whole commentary about that whole situation was pretty funny. That's um, about it, yeah. Um, you know, they get Allen Robinson, they lose Von Miller, they lose Rob Woods, uh, Orson Corbett, the guard. Um, they have the second hardest strength of schedule according to opponent win totals. The win their win totals at ten and a half. Uh, you know, I think I think this Rams team is good. Good team, good coach, good quarterback, good high end talent on both sides of the ball. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't see a ton of value in betting them. I just think you, you kind of know what you're getting with the Rams. I think Robinson, you know, Rob, they have – Robinson has to not be washed. You know, like he has to be who he was in the past because they're, they're putting a lot – if not, they're putting a lot on Cooper Cup. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with Beckham. And, you know, Robinson has to hit for them, I think, to, to really um, compete at the, at the highest level. I think they'll still be a good team, but to, to get back to, like, that Super Bowl – you know, without Von Miller, without Robert Woods, I, I think Robinson really needs to hit. Yeah, I look their win total surprising. What is it sitting at ten and a half? Yeah. Um, I project them at like I was like I'm probably gonna end up fading the Rams this year, but I project them right around there. Um, I think it's a fair number, even though this is either just won the Super Bowl and it's a team that I thought got fortunate. We agree. Um, yeah. In the playoffs, things just broke their way. I mean, they weren't that they don't go there if Tart was it dro- drops the interception that falls into his hands. They kind of think got things that broke right for them. And then, you know, you get the Bengals in in the Super Bowl. And the Bengals were a good team, but there was some tougher teams you probably could have paid just from a point spread perspective. So I was like, I'm probably going to be fading the Rams. I think that they got I don't know, maybe a little worse overall, but prob- they're pretty close to the same team. I think that their future is kind of sacrificed, but they're going to be right there, especially in the NFC. And despite having a, you know, Pretty tough strength of schedule, even though they're in the NFC, it's mainly because of their division. I'm, I project them actually a tad over 10 and a half wins. So I see no value here. The biggest question to me, uh, if I had to go any, anything in this division is the Seahawks under. I think it's a, that's a complete and utter disaster waiting to happen. They might be the worst team. We, we know they're Texans, besides the Texans, but they might be the second worst team in the NFL. And but the big Falcons question might here, I have something to say about that, but yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> the big questions here are, the, the well, I mean, Arizona, who we probably both don't like with Cliff, and you have now you have Hopkins who suspended six games. I think the Ravens fleeced him in that trade, but maybe that made for Marquise Brown. They added Hollywood Brown. Maybe that makes Murray happy. They used to be college teammates, but we we're I don't think you're going to be high on the Cardinals either. But the biggest question in this division is it's sort of like the uh, the Browns, right? The Browns quarterback situation in the AFC North makes that division tougher. Like I want to bet this team in the division and then also for win totals, because we don't know if, if Watson's going to play and how many games he's going to play. Enormous difference because and the same thing is with the 49ers, the 49ers are going to, and by the way, that Brown situation could impact the Seattle situation 
because you could have Baker Mayfield going there. Kyle Shanahan said, we're probably going to trade Jimmy G. It's just a matter of time. But when? And when is that going to happen? And then we obviously – I was disappointed what I saw from Trey Lance last year. So, yeah, it's pretty pretty much like it's a rookie. Um, you know, Shanahan has had success with rookies before. It's a pretty good system in place there. Pretty good roster. Um, but we don't know the quarterback's going to be there. We don't know if Seattle's going to end up getting a different quarterback, but I think that's a disaster. But there is a lot of uncertainty here. I don't like the Cardinals. I hate the Seahawks. The 49ers are a mystery. The Rams are the defending champs and in a very weak conference with a lot of uncertainty in the division. They're kind of the, the, the known here. So curious to get your thoughts on the other teams because we agree who the Rams are. I think like 10 and a half is a fair win total. Uh, I don't see any value in their future. I don't want to fade them. I don't want to bet them. So it comes down to these other teams. For me, I lean Arizona under and I lean Seattle under. Curious to get your thoughts. This division, and it applies to the Rams too, but, you know, we talked about the NFC being weak and we kind of hit on that. You know, there's usually two or three bad teams in the first three divisions, the the East, the North, and the South. Like at least two, arguably could be three teams that finish below 500 in each of those divisions. Um, now, this division looks a little stronger on paper, but this division gets the shaft in that <laughs> this is the division that plays the AFC West. You know, all four of these teams are going to play the, the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Raiders and the Broncos. Like, this is still a division of fade. Like, I don't think a lot has changed like outside of the quarterback situation, which is still massive. I, you know, the Niners aren't super different either. I mean, you know, I think they're going to be there. They still have Shanahan. They still have a lot of talent. Now, there could do be some a, Do you have a hot take on Lance? No, nah, nah, it's like the opposite. It's like he's just kind of a little bit underwhelming to me, but – at the same time, Jimmy G wasn't that special either. He just, Jimmy G just won games, but Kyle Shanahan, every quarterback that he's had at San Francisco seems to like overachieve, right? So, like, I think you have Lance for 17 games starting. I don't think he's going to wow people maybe as much as, like, his draft pedigree would indicate, but I think they'll still be able to win games and, like, run the offense and play defense and, you know, scheme the ball to their playmakers and, and do what they need to do. Like, I just don't think it might, it might not be like Josh Allen, you know, or, you know, whatever you're kind of hoping for. So I don't have a hot take. It's like the opposite, which maybe that's not what Niner fans want to hear. Um, you know, the draft, obviously the, the only pick you get in the first two days was uh, Drake Jackson, uh, an outside linebacker. Uh, yeah. Travarius Ward. I thought Ward, that, that was a good fit at corner. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a really good fit. That was something I kind of pointed out before the draft. I thought, um, that was where he should go, and he did. Uh, strength of schedule still in the middle of the pack, even with facing the the West. Win total at 10, plus juice to the over at plus 110. So, you know, listen, I'm not going over 10 wins with with Trey Lance probably starting at quarterback. It's just there's not enough there. But I don't think it's that different here with San Fran. And then Arizona, I worry about Arizona, man. I mean, they they also they too have to face the the West, uh, AFC West. They have the the ninth hardest strength of schedule according to opponent win totals. You know, yes, they get Marquise Brown, but again, he averaged eleven yards per catch last year. Yes, he's played with Kyra, so maybe that helps. But Kyler Murray's in the midst of a contract holdout, or he's not reporting to camp. So who knows what's going to happen with him? Hopkins is already you still suspended. Cliff. You have Hopkins, still and then you Cliff. know Cliff ends. You know Cliff ends seasons, and you don't have Hopkins. For yeah, the of the and season. let's be honest, like. You lose Chandler Jones. That's a big loss. You lose Chase Edmonds. Running backs don't matter that much. But remember, running back was a big part of their offense last year because, you know, the, the injuries to Hopkins and they also lose Christian Kirk, who was uh, had a very good season last year and was able to step up with, you know, with Hopkins out. You invested in James Conner. 
James Conner has been hurt pretty much every year of his career at some point. So I, I worry about the Cardinals, even at eight and a half wins, it's probably, I probably lean under with them. And, and then like the Seahawks, I, I think I disagree a little on the Seahawks. I, I, I think there might be value. Long season for you? Well, no, because here's the thing about And, like, I'm not betting them now, but what I'm saying is, like, they are in the market for a quarterback. Like, maybe they get Mayfield. Maybe I, I doubt they get Garoppolo. But, like, their win total is five and a half. It is juiced to the over, but it's five and a half. They actually had 9.3 Pythagorean wins last year, only won seven games. So they did kind of underachieve. You know, they did get a lot of players back. It's like, to me, it's not like a terrible on paper team. It's just that Drew Locke is pretty terrible. But remember, Drew Locke was starting for the Broncos last year. They still had 8.9 wins. Now this roster isn't as good, but like, I don't think it's terrible, especially with all the depth they got, you know, adding Fant, Harris, Quentin Jefferson, Wosu. They still got Metcalf and Lockett receiver. Like, I think this is a team that could still win six, seven games, especially if they you know, upgrade at quarterback a little bit with, with, with somebody like, you know, Mayfield or Garoppolo. So like, I'm not ready to, to go under the Seahawks at five and a half yet. And especially with the card, the Cardinals could struggle, but the real issue here is that, you know, you're also playing AFC West, you know, and, and, and you're still the, the worst team in your own division. So I get why you think the Seahawks could be a disaster. I'm not totally there yet, but cause I, and I also don't like, Pete Carroll and you know Pete Carroll's still there is the thing. Yeah, like I just his his philosophy it rubs off on the offense even though he's like a defensive coach like yeah it rubs off on you know he wants them to run and so it's like ah I don't know things break right for the Seahawks you know they could kind of maybe win some one score games but it's I don't know. See, I I hate the defense too, but you're right. I'm on the quarterback. That that's what's what's keeping me. Although I don't know because well Carolina they drafted a quarterback and you have Darnold who you traded a second and fourth round draft pick which is a disaster we knew that from the start. I actually don't mind the third round draft pick for Corral, but because the rules on the hot seat, some people say he just wants to go back to college so who cares? But does does Carolina potentially trade for a quarterback even though they drafted one and then just sent tra- uh, draft picks to Darnold? I, I tend to think no, but who where is Jimmy G going to end up if not? Because if Jimmy G went to Carolina, I would want no part of that under. I actually kind of like the over. Jimmy G's probably going to win you a couple games mm-hmm. that Darnold would lose. Right? Jimmy G's yeah. not going to probably lose them. And then there's like a three to four win swing in that. Yeah, Shannon came out today and said, we're probably going to trade him, but there's no guarantee is what it was said. So I don't know where he could potentially end up, but that could swing some things. I think ultimately, and part of me just wants to bet Arizona under because of Cliff and I do show like a half a value of, of wins there. Um, that's probably where I lean here. I lean Seattle under too. But with the Jimmy G uncertainty, the the known certainty, the known commodity of the Rams, and I have them dead on, I, I'm probably staying away from anything in this division. As yeah, this is just a hard division to bet, not only because of uncertainty, but it, it's also pretty fairly priced right now. Yep. You know, it's just not. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So that's going to do it. Let's uh, let's recap. For me, it's the Vikings plus two seventy five to win that NFC North. Packers under eleven wins. Bears under six and a half wins. Bucks to win the NFC at a plus 330 uh, is another one I really like. And then, you know, rest of the NFC South and the entirety of the NFC West is, I just don't see much to invest in, especially at this time of year right now. What about you? Yeah, don't disagree with anything you said, but I'll just highlight my two favorites. Bears under, uh, my favorite is uh, Giants over. Yeah. I like a lot of things that they did. And uh, I don't mind taking a flyer on a Giants future, whether you want it to be to win the NFC, to get to the playoffs and or to win the Super Bowl, depending on your risk tolerance. And uh, yes, Giants, my favorite bet in the NFC. What is the stat you always have every year about the NFC East? No one wins it twice. No one has won it in back-to-back years since 2004. 
The Eagles kind of jumped up to plus 165. I mean, it's still a plus money bet, but not quite isn't not really enticing at that point. You could definitely win if they're second best team in that division. But Giants 10 to 1 to win the NFC East. I like that. Oh, yeah, I <laughs> yeah that. I think I like that too. All right. Uh, let's go wrap it up for our NFC podcast, our NFC post draft action network podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. If you enjoyed the pod, uh, be sure to check out the fantasy flex pod with Sean Kerner and I going division by division, every fantasy relevant player on every team. The AFC West episode is already out. We're doing the NFC West episode uh, in a couple of days. So that should be out um, not too long after these drop. And uh, you can find Stucky on Twitter at Stucky2 and me at Chris Raybon, R-A-Y-B-O-N. You can also find us at those same handles in the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money.